It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds lost a game to the Arizona Diamondbacks and lost the series in the most maddening of ways. Just how bad is this Cincinnati Reds bullpen? I think the answer may surprise you. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction to this team into information for you. This is now my fifth season hosting this daily Reds podcast where you can come each and every day and talk some Reds with me. I encourage you, if you're uh, watching here on YouTube, make sure you jump down into the chat and uh, give me a shout out there. Let me know you're an everydayer. Or if you're listening on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcasting app, make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs because I love talking Reds and I want to talk Reds with you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every single day. And on a day like today, we're here for you. After losing three out of four in Arizona, they swept the Angels, looked like they were just going to sweep through this West Coast series or West Coast road trip, and then the wheels came off in Arizona. This was a troubling series for a couple of different reasons. We'll get into the biggest reason as to why. Uh, but there were some positives, and I uh, we've got to talk about some amazing stories like Nick Martini and like. Ellie De La Cruz throwing the ball almost 100 miles an hour. There was a lot of great stuff from this Arizona series as well. Plus, we catch up with Reds' number one draft pick, Rhett Louder. Got the chance to talk to him up in Dayton, and uh, he kind of lays out the plan for what is going to happen for him the rest of this season. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Reds. And let's start off with this series because... It felt like the fourth game was as close to a must-win game in August as you can get to. It's August 27th. We're now 30 games left in the season, 30, 31 games left in the season, and the Reds are not in a wild-card spot. They're five games out of the division. The Brewers haven't lost a game in over a week, and, and it just feels like the Brewers are running away with things now. Now the Cubs are starting to win a bunch. Helps when you play the Pirates and... Well, they beat the Pirates 10 to 1 yesterday. I mean, gosh, can't wait for the Reds to play the Pirates and get up on them. But it, it just felt like the Reds needed that win. And for a while, Graham Ashcraft was pitching them to that win. He just didn't get the run support. The lineup wasn't there. They were getting shut down by a dude whose first name is Slade. Yeah, that's where we are. And I, I, I think that the lineup was infuriating until it came up with some clutch hits later on. And then the bullpen became infuriating. And that's kind of where I want to focus our, our first little bit here, because this bullpen has pitched admirably throughout the season. I even sent out the tweet. I said, this bullpen has been admirable, but it needs an influx of arms this offseason. The Reds really need to go out and get some talented relief pitchers with the money that they will presumably have to spend. 
the the budget and, and the the payroll for next year is looking pretty minuscule. Even if they were to retain Joey Votto on some sort of a smaller contract, they're not going to pick up his option. But that's another podcast. But the the whole thing is the Reds are going to have the ability to upgrade this bullpen. And so with a night like last night, first of all, let's start off with this. You can't lose that way, right? Four walks in the eighth inning. You're going to look at the box score. You're going to see there were five walks on the game. You think, boy, pitching must have been terrible. Graham Ashcraft pitched amazing, and he had one walk. It was the final batter that he faced. He was gassed. He was done. Looked like it was time to pull him from the game. That's what happens. He just lost his command. Four of those walks came in the eighth inning. The top of the Diamondbacks lineup, Ian Jabot, who did an amazing job getting a beautiful strikeout to end the seventh inning, and the Diamondbacks had a runner in scoring position, and you're like, okay, that was nice. They had Derek Law warming in the bullpen. Derek Law is going to come out and pitch the eighth. Wrong. David Bell left him in. And this has been the biggest complaint that I personally have had for how David Bell has managed this bullpen. I thought he's managed the bullpen so far this season pretty admirably. But when he leaves guys in, when he brings them in to get the final out of an inning or the final two outs of an inning, and then he br- they go into the dugout, they sit down, their adrenaline cools off, and then the next inning comes out and he's like, all right, you got to get back out there and pitch some more. It just hasn't seemed to work out very often. And it didn't on uh, on Sunday because Ian Jabot walks uh, Corbin Carroll and then he walks Ketel Marte. So nobody out, runners on first and second. All right, let's go get Lucas Sims. We warmed him up, bring him in. Then he walks. The next guy he faces, bases loaded, nobody out, and nobody swung a bat. You can't lose that way because what happens? Well, all three of those guys come around to score in one way or another. It was a sack fly, there was a single, and then there was another sack fly. And it wasn't by ways that you would think, I just, it's infuriating to see. And honestly, that has been one of the biggest problems of this bullpen. And this particular loss puts into perspective, okay, how bad has this bullpen been? I think you'd be surprised to know that in Major League Baseball, there are five bullpens that have accumulated more wins above replacement than the Reds' bullpen. Yeah. According to the cumulative stat, that it's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a very big composite thing that says this is how your performance has culminated into wins above replacement. The Reds are sixth in Major League Baseball. So maybe we ought to pump the brakes a little bit on the overall picture. Now, moving forward, I think we do have something to worry about here. We're talking about tired arms. There have been five teams, no, four teams, I'm sorry, the Reds are fifth. Four teams have more innings on their bullpen than the Reds, which actually kind of surprised me. I thought they were going to be at the top, but the Reds have thrown a lot of pressure on their bullpen. But the one thing that surprises me, and I, I kept looking for different things because their walk rate is super high, Uh, they have the fifth highest walk rate in Major League Baseball. That's not good. And their strikeout rate is kind of at the bottom. They're like 28th in Major League Baseball in strikeout rate. So you put those two together, that's a bad thing. But they have a key 
metric that they are amazing at. And there is a metric that they use in arbitration hearings called shutdowns and meltdowns. The Reds lead Major League Baseball by a wide margin in shutdowns. Bet you thought I was going to say meltdowns. No, shutdowns. Now, a shutdown, they talk about, you know, win percentage added and all this other stuff. If a relief pitcher comes into the ballgame and the team has a, you know, 80% chance of winning the ballgame, and whenever that relief pitcher leaves the ballgame, the percentage chance of winning has increased by at least 6%, then that's called a shutdown. The Reds have done that 159 times this season. In fact, that's 21 more times than the second place team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Nobody's been better at shutting down and, and, and adding win percentage than the Reds bullpen has. So yes, Sunday sucked. Sunday was bad. Sunday does not define the season. And as much as we want to harp on the bullpen, because, and I've said this many times on the podcast, you're not a baseball fan if you don't complain about your favorite team's bullpen. You just, you don't get to call yourself a baseball fan if, if you don't complain about your favorite team's bullpen and you don't complain about some aspect of your favorite team's lineup before a game starts. That's just, it's a rite of passage. But the Reds' bullpen, by and large, has been good. Not adequate, not passing, good this season. And it's it's based on this metric, the shutdowns. And, and, and look, it's, it's a new metric for me. I was just kind of reading about this today because it surprised the heck out of me. I was looking at all these different numbers, and I'm like, these numbers are not adding up to the sixth best bullpen in baseball. What is the deal here? At the end of the day, did you add to your team's chance of winning? If the answer is then yes, then you're good. And the Reds have done that more than any other team has this season. So, yes, very, very annoying loss. But on the whole, this bullpen has been fantastic. And let's continue this good feeling, this optimistic. Yes, the Reds just lost three out of four games, and you want me to be, oh, get the pitchforks and the torches, and we're heading down to Great American Ballpark. That's not, that's not what I'm doing here today. Because there's some positive things that happen on this Diamondback series, and it starts with Nick Martini. We'll get to that coming up here in just a minute. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Dave. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you cash when you need a hand between paychecks, and they can help you build your credit by settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is the banking app that levels the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash MLB. That's dave.com slash MLB. You could get up to $500 in five minutes or less with no credit check and there's no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash MLB. They can help you with a little extra money here and there, and they can help you build your credit. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. 
And also remember, if you cannot be down at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up tomorrow on the show. You'll notice I'm solo here today. Steve will be back, and we will be discussing just how much should we be worried about Hunter Green. Because I remember last time we were talking about how, how worried are we? We didn't say that much. I kind of feel like it might be growing. We'll, we'll tell you why on tomorrow's podcast. But let's look at some of the, uh, the positives from this Arizona series. You're saying, Jeff, they went one and three. What positives could you possibly pull out of this series? And I'm starting with Nick Martini. Nick Martini was called up, and this was, um, I mean, it was last Thursday, I think. And really, that was kind of the the nail on the head for me. And then, and then Nick Senzel's called up, and he hits a home run in his first at bat, and that's all well and good. But whenever they called up Nick Martini, they were basically saying, we are trying to find anybody else in this outfield to get some at-bats to fill in because we know it's not Nick Senzel. And we need some help while Jake Fraley's hurt. We need some help while Jonathan India's hurt to get different bats in this lineup. Nick Martini coming into Saturday's game, sorry, Friday's game, had two career home runs. After Friday's game, he has four career home runs. Nick Martini is part of why baseball is awesome. It's part of why it's a sport that it's so easy to gravitate towards. As I always say, and as, you know, as, as they said on uh, Moneyball, but I always love to remind people, how can you not be romantic about baseball? And Nick Martini's a huge reason why. He's a guy that's bounced around a couple of different places, and he's never really caught on, never really hit very well, doesn't have great stats. And, and is he going to be a dude for the Reds in the future? Probably not. But he's going to have some fun while the Reds need a bat here, and they're going to see what they can f- get out of him. David Bell's been batting him fifth in the lineup. guy like that doesn't sound like a fifth hitter, but he's shown himself over the weekend to be at least an interesting bat for the moment. Remember what Jason Vossler was at the beginning of the season? He was a guy in the moment. Every team needs that guy. Sure, You want to find the dudes, the everyday dudes that you can rely on in any situation. You need a clutch hit. You need a big at-bat. You need a big stolen base. You need that dude. But just as many times, the guys, the, the team just needs the guy for the moment. And right now, Nick Martini's the guy for that moment. And I was waiting. I was waiting for the double. And, of course, I wasn't paying attention at the moment whenever Nick Martini hit his double because I was ready with the, the James Bond gif, and I was going to tweet it, you know, double, double vodka martini or just double martini because Nick Martini hit a double. But still, it's been great to watch him. And um, he's actually a, a friend. He played high school ball with one of our Locked On Cubs hosts, Matt Cozy. So he, Matt's, Matt's having a lot of fun watching him play uh, for the Reds and, of course, play well in a game that the Reds lost since he's a Cubs fan. But uh, it, it's been great to see. That's the kind of story that keeps us coming back to sports as a whole. It's not like baseball is the only sport that can have fun stories. But 
in, in a situation like this where the team knows its big studs, knows knows its core for the future, I don't think we're looking at Nick Martini and saying, ooh, is he going to push Will Benson for playing time? No. But can he be fun for a week or two? Absolutely. And, and the way that he started out this weekend was a lot of fun. So you got to talk about what he did in this series. Have to talk about the throw. And had the Reds won, this might have been the first thing that I talked about. Because Corbin Carroll hit a screamer, dead center field, and had the Diamondbacks wall in dead center field. I don't know. They're just daring people. you got to murder a ball to straightaway center field there at Chase Field to hit a home run. Because it's really far out there, and the wall's like doubly tall. I don't know why they decided to do that, but he hits it high up off the wall. TJ Friedel tried to jump up and catch it, missed it, bounces away. By the time that TJ Friedel is picking up the ball off the warning track, Corbin Carroll's already rounded second, and he ain't stopping a third. He is going, and he's running really fast, and TJ Friedel gets it into Ellie. Ellie's probably probably three or four feet into the outfield grass. He's not on the out. He's not on the infield dirt right now. When he gets the relay throw from TJ Friedel, he turns fires. It's clocked at 99.7 miles an hour. And he throws it to Tyler Stevenson on a seed at the exact right position that Stevenson can grab the ball, put down the tag, gets Corbin Carroll out on his attempted inside the park home run. It was a super exciting play. One of the biggest reasons that I've loved watching baseball this year, we've seen a lot of these really exciting plays, but Ellie's throw. And in the moment I tweeted Ellie and then, you know, the Pac-Man, the Pac-Man little thing uh, toward Ellie, Corbin Carroll. So Ellie's better than Corbin Carroll. And of course this year, it's hard to make that argument because Corbin Carroll's had an amazing season. But in that moment, Ellie was better than Corbin Carroll because he threw him out at home. It was just so much fun to watch, and it was a play that could have been the catalyst for a win had the bullpen not decided to walk everybody in the eighth inning because the defense was actually playing pretty good, and this leads me to the next positive that I wanted to shout out from this series. That's Noelvi Marte. Noelvi Marte right now, his his stats aren't going to jump out at you. You're going to look at them and be like, looks like he needs some work. But when the the situation is biggest, he comes up big. And I think that's all you can ask for a rookie who's 21 years old. We keep forgetting. And, and this falls under Ellie, or this fall, you know, this pertains to Ellie De La Cruz as well. We keep forgetting these kids are 21. Both he, the, the left side of the Reds infield, they're both 21 years old. Ellie De La Cruz, Noelvi Marte. The big plays that these kids are making right now are just phenomenal. And everybody's like, where's the consistency? When are they ever going to do this? Why can't they do that? They just started. Give them a minute. I saw this uh, graphic that Bally Sports had up. They were comparing Ellie De La Cruz's first season to Shohei Otani's first season. They're pretty similar. In fact, Ellie has more hits and more homers and more extra base hits on a whole than Shohei Otani had in his first season. So let's pump the brakes a little bit, you know? Chill out. Ellie's going to be awesome. Noel Marte is going to be awesome. He had a great – the reason that the Reds took the lead 
he had an amazing two out RBI in the sixth inning and gave them a two to one lead. Now it stunk because Graham Ashcraft gave up a home run to Lourdes Gurriel Jr. there in the seventh inning, the inning that he kind of fell apart in. But they needed some more hitting on the hole. But Noelvi Marte is becoming a guy that if you need a hit, or if you need a big play, he also had an amazing double play that he turned earlier on in that game off the bat of Christian Walker. But just uh, these these young guys keep showing up big in big moments, and they're not consistent right now, and that's what's just absolutely just maddening for those of us that watch them every day, but they are doing some amazing things that we've not seen Reds rookies who are coming up and they're 24, 25 years old. These guys are 21. They have a long career ahead of them. And that's what's most exciting. But there's there were just some moments that we had to shout out because, look, baseball, you want to win. But when you lose, don't let that, you know, distract you from the big things. And, you know, Graham Ashcraft continues to pitch amazingly. Pitching into the seventh, didn't quite finish the seventh inning. Only gave up two runs. Only had one walk. He was dominating the Diamondbacks for most of that game. He just didn't get any run support whatsoever a- against a, a a guy. And I just remember that his first name is Slade, and his 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 last name was different. And he wasn't a very good pitcher coming into the day, but he pitched well against the Reds. The Reds seemed to make him feel good about himself. Coming up, uh, we're going to catch up with the Reds' first-round pick, Rhett Louder. A lot of folks have been asking about, you know, what's going on here? Is he, is he, where's he pitching at? He's currently in Dayton, but he's on what's called the developmental uh, roster. He's not actually on the active roster in Dayton. And we get the plan for what Rhett Louder has for the rest of the season. That's coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is Sleeper. Sleeper is the number one sports app on the App Store right now. Go check it out. If you want the chance to win up to 100 times your money, you got to check out Sleeper because they are offering up to 100 times your money on uh, two or more daily fantasy baseball picks. Uh, all you have to do, you, you can pick uh, you two or more up to eight of your favorite players. And then you f- pick your favorite stats like hits or homers or strikeouts, you know, whatever, if you want pitchers in there as well. And if you get your picks right, you could win big. Like coming up here in San Francisco, do you think that Ellie's going to smash? Then you better smash more on the homers. If you think that Noel V. Marte is going to get a steal because he's pretty fast on the base pass, don't know you've been seeing this here lately, then smash more on the steals for him. And Abbott, Andrew Abbott's pitching tonight. Can't wait to watch that. If you want, if you think he's going to deal, then smash more on the strikeouts. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals when you're ready to get your money. So use the promo code locked on and you can also get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. So you can win up to 100 times your money on the sleeper app with their daily fantasy baseball picks. And when you first deposit, you can get up to a $100 match. Just use the promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. They're currently operational in over 30 States. Check out sleeper today.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Remember, too, if you cannot be down at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And uh, thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. If you want to keep up with us in between episodes, you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, join us in the Locked On Reds Discord chat. Got a lot of great folks in there talking baseball all day, every day. Uh, we got a link down in the description if you'd like to join us. Again, that's the Locked On Reds Discord chat, open to all fans. If you're a fan of the Reds, love to have you. If you're a fan that wants to talk trash, get ready. There's a lot of Reds fans in there, so you can go talk trash, but it's probably not going to – it's, it's going to cause a stir. Let's, let's just say that. But the link is down in the description got the chance uh last last week to go up to Dayton and meet the Reds first round draft pick Rhett Louder out of Wake Forest uh this this kid can move through the system really quick and in fact depending on health and and things like that he could be up in Cincinnati next year and there are a lot of different prospect ranking sites that have him as the number two Reds prospect already. And I think that was before Noel V. Marte was called up. So there's a very big possibility that Rhett Lauder is already the number one prospect in the system. Now, got the chance through our conversations to find out he's not really going to pitch the rest of the season. He's going to work out. He's going to do a lot of, you know, strengthening drills and things like that. But dude had a full season, pitched through the College World Series. His arm's a little tired after that. And not like tired as in like, oh my gosh, we should really be worried about how tired his arm is. But it's just the way things go when you're at the college level. And so he probably will not pitch competitively until next year. And because of that, maybe that pushes him back. Maybe he's not up in Cincinnati next year. Maybe it's 2024 when we see him, but dude's got all the talent in the world. And I got the chance. So, um, I sat in this, this first clip that I have for you is a clip that he is talking with uh, dragons announcer. And he's been on the show before Tom Nichols. And, and Tom was asking him just kind of, you know, who are you as a player to introduce yourself to Reds fans? And then we talked a little bit more about the plan moving forward. Uh, I think what I like like some Reds fans to know in general is like I'm super hard worker and, and competitive and you can kind of, I hope that's what they take away from those accolades, not exactly just on the field, but whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to try and give it my all and, uh, and that's what I'm hoping to do for this organization. I'm out here right now. I'm kind of just continuing my throwing program. I just started, so we're going to take it slow and, uh, not rush anything. I had a lot of innings, like we said. So I'm kind of just out here at the development stage, trying to learn as much as I can, get in the weight room, get with the trainers, and then pick the pick the brains of a lot of the guys out here and the pitching coaches out here. So no, I'm excited just to learn as much as I can. There were definitely some pressure-filled environments I pitched at in college. Uh, you know, making it to Omaha was a dream come true, and pitching and some of the biggest games in, in college baseball history is, is awesome. And you know, I, I know it's going to be a different beast. Each level is a different feeling, and I'm excited to feel. Uh, what it feels like to be out here in front of these fans. There's a large, large crowd out here, so I'm excited. 
you think that uh, there's going to come a time in the next three weeks when you just, man, I'd like to get out there for an inning if I, if I could. Oh, I'm, in, I'm itching to get out there. I don't know if it's going to happen, yeah. but I'm itching to get out there. Yeah. And, but, you know, I trust the, the process that we have put in place in the program, and, you know, uh, I think it'll be good for the, for the long run. Chances are, like, he would have pitched two or three games and then they would have shut him down anyway. If you remember the first year that Nick Lodolo was in the red system, he did go to Dayton, and I think he pitched two games before he was bumped up to Chattanooga, and I think he pitched two games there and then he was shut down. Just these these guys go through an entire season already on their arm, especially if they make it as far as Rhett Lauder did with Wake Forest in the College World Series. So they're, they're not really going to try and add more stress to him. And then I got the chance, I was talking with him as well as Jeff Gilbert from the Dayton Daily News to check out uh, Jeff's stuff. He also cover, he covers uh, Dragons, he covers a lot of high school football up around Dayton, but uh, we were talking with him and he kind of laid out his plan a little bit more as to what the rest of the year looks like. And then he answered a question that I had pertaining to, you know, what did you learn your final year in college that you didn't already know about the game of baseball? So I just started this week. I've been shut down. Um, I continued to throw a little bit after the college World series. And then because I was waiting, I didn't know what the organization was going to do with me. So I came in to Arizona um, and we just thought it was the best idea for me not to throw for a few weeks and then start ramping up back now. So I started Monday uh, playing catch and we're just slowly doing up. It's a, it's, a, it's a long process, but uh, they have it all written out, but I haven't looked quite deep into okay. the specifics, but I don't think I'll throw any down the mount here. Especially, yeah, definitely not here. Kind of throughout college, in general, I, I would say from my freshman year to now, you know, you kind of have to have a, I had to learn to have a short memory. So, especially in baseball, you don't dwell on the highs and you don't dwell on the lows. So you kind of just have to be quick to forget some of the some of the good things and the bad things so you stay working, you stay on your routine. Um, that's one of the biggest things that I tell a lot of the younger guys that I've talked to. And uh, I'm sure if I were to ask some of these guys here, they would tell me some of the same things. Sorry, they were getting ready for a Dragons game behind me. That's why you heard the the tractor go by. But he, he's a great kid, and getting the chance to talk with him, he really has a good mind for pitching. And after the video, we were talking a little bit as we were walking through the dugout tunnel, and he mentioned that you know when he was in high school, he didn't have the high velocity that a lot of kids that get scouted and, and, and people talk about drafting them out of high school and things like that. He was kind of sitting in the mid to high 80s in high school, not the, you know, not the 90s, not things were just flying off the chart. And he's never been a thrower. He's always had to pitch. He's always had to be a strategic pitcher, even from high school. And I think that is huge. I think that's a big sort of, not, not like rite of passage, but if you think about what we've seen the Reds struggle with as a team this year, it's it's walks. Whether it be starting pitching, whether it be bullpen, they've had a high walk percentage. And it's something that when we look back on this year, that's going to be one of the things that stands out about the pitching staff. But Rhett Lauder has lots of control over all of his pitches. And his biggest pitch and the thing that is the nastiest pitch that he has is his changeup. He's going to get guys with that changeup quite a bit. He did so throughout the College World Series. And so to hear that he has had to have a mind for pitching, even since he pitched in high school, is very encouraging for his development. Because if you're telling me he's already got that mindset now, and he's kind of understanding the nuances of the game and learning them, I think that's going to be so huge for his future. And if that's where his baseline's coming from, 
the Reds really have themselves a good pitching prospect on their hands. And that's where we're going to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Look, I know, I get it. Losing three out of four to Arizona stinks. But, and something I forgot to mention early on, the Reds own the season series against them. So they own the tiebreaker. So if you get down to the end of the season, they both have the same records. Reds are above the Diamondbacks. And that's that's really important. And now the Reds head to San Fran for the next couple of days. Another big series, another wild card opponent. See if they can make some hay out of these next three games. We'll be all over it on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds as Steve returns. We'll be talking about Andrew Abbott's performance. We'll be talking about, you know, how worried are we about Hunter Green? So make sure you join us on the next Lockdown Reds, and thanks for making us your first listen every single day because you can trust that we'll be Lockdown Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.